Good evening, everybody. Good evening. To God be the glory, and Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, that said and done, to God be the glory, ready to get in the word of God. The people in Galatian, it's kind of reminding me a little bit about Christians in the 21st century. And it's, 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 it's about how Christians in the 21st century are so easily forgotten who they are in Christ. And so uh, we are concentrating on the things that need to be done and the things in which we have to do and things that we should not do. Okay? So, and this is the owner of the building we looked at, everybody. He just walked in. He's probably looking for some answers. Right there. Right there. And so we still got you on our radar. Oh, I'm well aware of it. I see it in the paper. So. They <laughs> were just coming in to say hello. Hello. God bless you. Thank you. Um, so the folks in Galatia, it, it was so surprisingly that a congregation like this, and it just wasn't probably at one particular church, but Galatia represented churches in a, in a specific region there in Turkey that they had been persuaded to believe in a false teaching and that they, that they had to be circumcised in order to be saved rather than placing their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Because if that would have been the case, if the case would have been about going back under the law, and then Jesus would have never had to come to the cross, at least for the Jews, right? But that wasn't God's plan, only because the work of the flesh was not good enough to satisfy the heart of God. He says it's like filthy rags. Yeah. Um, one of the things that the prophet Isaiah talked about, that the anger of God had to be satisfied. And that's why this funny looking word, uh, Chris should write this word out, E-X-P-I-A-T-E. -E. Try to sound it. Expiate. And that means that someone's anger has to be satisfied for a wrong. And therefore, the anger of God against the human race sinning against him had to be satisfied. So it's so crucial to understand Isaiah 53, 5, that Jesus was bruised for our and chastised for our Oh, yeah. Well, the chastisement of our peace was, uh, was what? Upon him. That means when the Romans beat him, that was for the sole purpose of, of us. He was making peace with us, with, with God. So, why would a loving father do this to his son? Well, if you remember parts of Sunday's message, 
that God loved the human race as much as he loved who? His son. And so in order to redeem the human race, he had to send his son in the likeness of human flesh who had never sinned, right? And as such, Jesus was the only one that could take away the sin of the world. That's why the statement of John the Baptist, chapter 1, you can write it at your reference point, verse 29, John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, if you would have been John and Andrew, who was attending John's baptism at that time, and you would have heard John the Baptist say this, then you would have understood, being a Jew, that when they had to sacrifice an animal, they had to sacrifice that lamb of one year old, right? And what was some of the requirements of that lamb? Had to be no spots, no blemish, and no what? No defects. Okay? So it had to be perfect. Was any human perfect? Even the best of the best. Did you know that Jesus still had to die for Elijah, the great prophet of all of them, and Moses, and Samuel, and Isaiah, even Enoch, the two men whom God took to heaven who did not die, Enoch and Elijah, yes, Jesus still had to do what? Die for them because they came in sinful what? Yeah, they had a sinful nature. John the Baptist. John the Baptist, who Jesus said himself. There was no man that was born of a woman that was greater than who? John the Baptist. But then Jesus said something about brand new converts. He equaled them to being his children who was even greater than John the Baptist than the kingdom of God. Why? Because these folks' names are now written in the Lamb's book of life. Come on, y'all are getting it. I know y'all are tired. But the teaching today, you have to understand the Old Testament system in order to understand the teaching today. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer because Miss Vicky loved praying for us, and I love giving her that mantle. I really do. And, and by the way, I'm not calling and pointing out anyone, but there's a tremendous leadership growth in her from the Spirit. God bless you. You didn't know that, but I've seen that. And so I want you to understand that this Old Testament system as well as, as it was in place by God himself, was only a mildness of what God was about to send on the earth. It wasn't good enough. It was good for the moment that God had it. But that wasn't the total plan of redemption. Because I want y'all to go back... Uh, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to put your mind together, and I want you to dig very deep to here for a second. In Genesis 3.15, turn there and look for a moment, and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Genesis 
I want you to dig deep for a second in your minds. Tell me what's about that statement that God gave to the serpent that the law could not do. Oh, <laughs> glory to God. Tell me, is something about that statement in verse 15 in Genesis chapter 3 that the law could not do? I'll give you a few seconds to put your heads together. It is, get your thoughts together. In chapter 3, verse 15, what is it about that statement that will happen that the law itself could not do? Look at it. Keep Jesus from coming. Look at the statement. The statement is about Jesus. Look at the statement itself. Read the statement out loud if you have to. What is it in Genesis 3.15 that the law itself could not do? Come on. This is deep challenging now. Deep. When you receive the Holy Spirit, this is far beyond you and me. Far greater. God, God used the serpent to come against human beings and um, not God. Satan used the serpent to come against the human beings and God's going to use the woman to bring in Jesus. the Lord, Jesus. And what about him? You are on it. Come on, finish it up. Don't stop short. To, uh, Look at it. It tells you what's going to happen there. And then, uh, and then the seed, which is, is Jesus, will bruise the head, will defeat Satan. Yes! The law could not defeat Satan. That's right. The law could not crush Satan's head. Jesus will crush Satan's head. That's why I say, look at it and think deep. The law pointed out that we are sinful. So that means we were in trouble, right? And needed a savior. But still, the one who originated sin had to be what? Destroyed. So that sin would be what? No more. So Jesus died. Not only did he die for our sins, but when he rose from the grave, he did what to Satan? Bam! He crushed him. He rose from the dead. Yes, Jesus rose from the dead. That's right, baby. And therefore, when you see in Revelation chapter 20, Jesus is just going to give the command and the angels are going to throw Satan where? Into the lake of fire. Jesus is not going to fight with him. It's not going to be a fight. The battle's already won. The battle's already won. Amen. 
And when even when you look in Revelation chapter 19, when the, when the great battle <laughs> took place, uh, you got the... <laughs> You have got to see the glory of God in this. That that battle is so perfect that the Son of God, who's this great warrior that Joshua seen on the battlefield, he's now in full battle array, full battle gear, and yet he just speaks. And it happens. Yeah, yes. Just like creation, except this is destruction and not creating. Same power. Same authority. Amen? Amen. And so, you all are so good tonight, aren't you, this evening? Now, is this okay to challenge you this deep? Of course. So this is once and for Yes. And so now, but Paul's saying you're going to go back under the law, because this is where this whole book is heading. You want to put yourself back on the bondage? He said, I tell you what, if you go back that way, back understand, otherwise working for your salvation in a sense, and Christ has already died for you, he said, you better keep the law, what? Perfect. Because no, no humans could keep the law perfect. You remember the young man that came to Jesus and said, Lord, what must I do to, you know, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, keep the commandments. Don't do this. You know, do this. And he just listed them, right? He said he did and yeah, and what the young man said, Dick? He said, he did, he said from my youth, I have done all these. Mm -hmm. But he still, he had a fault, didn't he? What was the fault? Wealth. He said, take all that you have and sell it and give it to the... And, and then what did he have to do? What did Jesus tell him to do? Sell it first. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. Scripture says the young man went away brokenhearted because he had great riches. See, he didn't want to follow Jesus because he still want to hold on to his... Well, you got to be sold out for the Lord in order to follow him. And selling out begins here. But every head bowed, Ms. Vicky, pray for us overall today so that we can continue. Every head bowed, sweetheart. Father, head bowed. lift up your name today, Lord. Yes, Lord. We come before you in humbleness. Yes, Lord. Eager to hear and learn the word of God. Each of us is in a different place with our lives, with the people around us, with our jobs, in our families. Yes, Father. You know the heart of each one of us, and you know what we need. We ask you, Lord, that you just touch us right where we are. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. Hush our intellect and help our spirit to rise up yes. to understand and receive the word today. Yes, Touch our pastor that he will accurately give us this word. Give him revelational knowledge that you want him to partake and give and pass on to us. We just thank you and glorify you for this.
today, this gift of today. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're halfway through, we're three quarters of the way through Galatians. Matthew, if you go towards the end of the chapter. No, 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 no. Go to the bottom. You were right. Chapter 1, Deke. Remember, he's just given some sharp rebukes about even if an angel came with another gospel, which isn't a gospel, he said, let him be what? Accursed. Yeah, anathema. A curse. That means you're going straight to where? The lake of fire. Okay? Because God is very serious about when people come and give a different word than what he's sent because Jesus, Jesus had this word to come forth with his own blood. He produced this word with his own blood. He wasn't mucking around about salvation. And so when we come in here saying that there's some other means in which people can be saved, what well, we just told God what he had his son do wasn't good enough. And people do that junk all the time. They tell God, well, that, 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 you didn't mean it that way. Like God need, need man's help to straighten him out. Like God need to be straightened out. Right? God do not make mistakes. He doesn't. He doesn't make mistakes. And what's that old saying we have? God is too wise to make a mistake. Okay? So Paul saying after Lord Jesus saves him on the road to Damascus, then verse 17, he went three years down into Arabia, which is modern day Saudi Arabia. And there, Jesus Christ himself taught this man for three years. The same length of time that he had taught his what? Disciples. Disciples. That must have been something to get a one-on-one -on -one teaching from the Lord. Because he said he didn't go to flesh and blood. He did not confer with men. He got it directly from the Lord himself. Man, I, I can all imagine what that must have been like. And you all know how I love learning. My God, I'd have done anything just to be, Jesus, let me be next. <laughs> we don't know the cost that that man, that God made that man pay either, do we? Look at verse 18. So that's what it was. And then he went on to Jerusalem, met with Peter, and stayed there two weeks, right? A little over two weeks. Put verse 20 to the top, Matthew. Uh, put verse 19 to the top. Slow down. Now hit the little box. There you go. And so it says, but other the apostles, I saw none. So he said, I didn't see anyone else except the Lord's brother, James. That is a testimony that Jesus has a brother named James. James. That's just a little nugget for you, okay? So he met, and by the way, James was the residing bishop in Jerusalem. He headed the council there. Now, the other James had already been what? Executed. Remember Jesus in a circle? You know, do you recall the, 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 of all the 12, Jesus' three in a circle? There were Peter, John. James, John. and John. The sons of thunder, James and John. And I often wonder why didn't the Lord take Peter's brother, Andrew? But it took John's brother. 
chains, known as the Sons of Thunder. And they were with him on top of the mountain when Lord Jesus was transformed. Okay? And James was the first martyr of the church. <coughs> Very first one. Herod took the sword to him. Not, not Herod the Great. I'm talking about, you're talking about now James, the brother of John. He was the first one killed of the apostles. Okay? So he meets with the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterward, I came into the region of Syria and Sicilia, and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ, but they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preached the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God. In this, in this part, I always like to think that God has a sense of humor. What do you do? If you take your worst enemy and save him, okay? <laughs> Paul really was something else. Y'all have to understand how, how important this is to the church because they heard of this man's reputation. I mean, he was worse than the Roman soldiers. And he went out the saints with all, everything with him. And he had a legal order from the high priest. And the Romans didn't care what Jews did to Jews. As long as they didn't jump on the Romans. Okay? So for pretty much as long as the Jews kind of contained things themselves, because they was kind of like self-governing, self-policing. Mm -hmm. And so the Romans really didn't mess with them that much. When it comes to religious affairs, certainly Romans just said, hey, do what you want to. That's, that's, that's your Jews handling that. And so Saul was, whew, he was, he was worse than Herod, if you want to make a comparison. But Jesus had his eye on him. And then when he got it. And now, can you imagine the thoughts, what went through the folks' heart back in Jerusalem that sent him? That had commissioned him to go and arrest those who were practicing this thing called the way? Can you imagine what was going on now? Imagine, do you think the high priest maybe say, oh, let's go give Paul a medal? Yeah, let's, let's reward him for betraying us. No. I imagine by this time they probably had a bounty out on his head. Okay? All right, moving on to chapter 2. As we look at this, Then 14 years after I went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. So do you notice the time gap here? 14 years. He's no longer a junior preacher, is he? He's a seasoned man of God. 14 years later. Wow. Why do you, why do you think he talked about such a great time span here? Very important. You see, he went back up. He took Barnabas with him, and he took Titus, saying, we went up by what? How did they go up? They went up by revelation. 
What does that mean? Well, let's see what the NIV says. So I went in response to a revelation and set before them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. So he said, I'm going to go and tell them what I've been doing. So he's going to go and appear before what's known now, everybody, as the Jerusalem Council. If there was a governing body of the church, this would be it. Okay? This would be the apostles, the original apostles, the ones who are not killed. And now Paul is going to report to them, say, this is what's going on. Okay? So it's okay to have a church governing body as long as they are operating within the perimeters of the gospel and the authority of Jesus Christ. Okay? All right, back to the King James side. He says, And I went up by revelation and communicated to them uh, that gospel which I preached among the Gentiles, but privately, uh-oh, but privately to who? To them which were of reputation. Who's he talking about now? Privately. What does he mean by that? NIV side. But I, I did this privately to those who seemed to be leaders for fear that I was running or had run my race in vain. So <clears throat> there's a close section of leadership within the governing body there that Paul went and spoke to. Okay, he didn't go and talk publicly to all the Christians in Jerusalem about what was happening. He went behind closed doors and he spoke. He spoke. Yeah. He spoke to the officials of the church. And he wanted them to know in private, one-on-one, without any distractions, what he was doing, what the Lord Jesus Christ had him doing. Okay? Now, listen to verse 3. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be what? Circumcised. Why is this important to know? Why is that little statement there? That not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised. Why is that important, Chrissy? What is he saying there? He's telling you the nationality of someone. Oh, he's, he's, Greek. Greek. he's Greek. He's a Gentile. And he wasn't forced to be <laughs> circumcised. You think he's going somewhere now with this? That's a lead in. Because this is a heavy statement. And these religious leaders knew that Titus was not Jewish. And if he was, he was not snip, nip. <laughs> okay? Was not fixed. So, yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This is huge. Because these are diehard Jewish men who followed Jesus, still believed in the law of Moses. And even the Lord Jesus Christ observed it. 
But through his death on the cross fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law. Okay? Now, if this is good enough for the Son of God, who while living as a Jew before he went to the cross, then once he went to the cross, he said, uh-uh. <coughs> you don't have to do that anymore. He fulfilled, that. he fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law. That's why one of the things that he had told the disciples, you trust in God, trust also in me. In me. As he said, I'm going to show you the only way in which you can get to God, my Father. And he, therefore, his body was inaugurated as the only access to the Father. Okay? All right, verse 4. King James said, And that because of false brethren unawares brought in, who came in privately to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Other words, there, you don't necessarily know who attend church every Sunday if you got a large body of folks that you're preaching to. So Paul said, we didn't, we didn't know that these men had come in. And they came in with a, an agenda. They came in with the sole purpose of putting them back in bondage. How? Well, he's going to tell us how. What does bondage mean, kids? What does the word bondage mean? I want you young ones to understand this Bible teaching. What does bondage mean? That's Michaela. Slave. What does it mean to be a slave, scholar? Give him a moment to answer before we call on someone else. Like you don't own yourself. Like you don't own yourself. That's good. And you want to add to that, Aiden? Something that you do Something you do for someone else, but you're not necessarily getting paid for it, right? So as Scholar said, you don't own yourself. And so in this case, they were going to go back as slaves into the law, doing the things of the law, what the law said that they had to do, okay, in order to be in right standing with God. And Paul said, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh-uh. Let's take a look at the rest of that. Matthew, bring it to the top, please, five. Kind of be proactive on me. Kind of keep them to the top if you can, Matthew. You've been so good for us today. I can't believe it's the same Matthew today. I mean, he has been superb. Absolutely marvelous. So he said, to whom we did not yield submission, even for an hour, Okay, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Um, Paul, so look here. We didn't give any attention to this mess, not even for a moment. Okay? That's why it, it is to your benefit, to your advantage, that you know the word of God, that you learn the word of God. If I make a mistake, and I will, you have got to be able to see what well, 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 pastor said that wrong. You got to know if somebody is misleading you. And you got to be able to call it out. And not, oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings or her feelings. Excuse me? 
Unless you stop this wrong teaching, a lot of people are going to be hurt spiritually. And that's the highest order of hurt when you hurt someone spiritually because it affects their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and with God himself. People thinking things are supposed to be this way with God when in fact they're supposed to be another way. Okay? And that's huge. And we need to be setting the record straight on stuff like that. All right? Yes, you do. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, one of the misleading things that happened in the last 50 years, say a little prayer and you'll be saved. And then the person go back to living the way that they had always lived as if they never said to Jesus, I believe in you and I trust in your plan of salvation. And I ask you to come into my life and be my Lord. Oh, I say a little prayer. I am saved. But then getting out there and you see no difference in them and the rest of the world. It has to be true repentance. It has to be true repentance. Repentance, as I heard the preacher say the other night on TV, one of the first words that John the Baptist preached was repentance. The first words that Jesus preached when he went on, on his mission was what? <coughs> repentance. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That means right now. He said, John Wesley, mother taught, his, taught her kids, and I think she had 10 or 12 kids. She had a huge family like us. But she was the one who taught her boys, the Wesley brothers. And there, anybody ever heard of the Methodist church? The Wesley brothers started. Anyway, the first thing she taught them, repentance. Martin Luther taught repentance. Okay? John Calvin from Switzerland taught repentance. By the way, that's Reformed theology. Anybody know what we mean by Reformed theology? Anybody ever heard of Presbyterian church? Reformed theology. I mean, we, had, we got to go back to the basics and we got to look at this thing just like this. So, anyway. So these men, Apostle Paul, Peter, all of them, repentance. Repentance, repentance. John, repentance. Okay? Sammy, repentance. Add your name to it. So, we did not give it to them for what? For a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. Uh, as for those who seem to be important, whatever they were, make no difference to me. Did, who, who did he just take a, 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 a slap at when he said to those who seem to be important? Who, who is he talking about here? Yeah. You think you're up there high and mighty? <laughs> this apply to you too. Okay? Get it right. She said, don't make any difference to me. God does not judge by external uh, appearance. He kind of drew that from where? Who can tell me where that came from? God does not judge by experience. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Where did that come from? God does not look on the outward, you know, appearance. Where did it come from, Aiden? Use right scenario, wrong preacher name, Samuel. When God sent the prophet Samuel to anoint the next king of Israel, 
And Jesse brought forth his oldest son who was like, whoop, he was cut, boy. He was a, he was a hawk. <laughs> and God says, I have not chosen him. For man judges by the outward appearance, but I judge the heart. And he went all the way down to seven of Jesse's sons and rejected them all. They said, but yet, there must be one more, and there is. And Samuel said, you got any more sons? Yeah, we got one. He's Rudy. Okay, a little scorny thing, but he's out keeping the sheep. Samuel said, we will not sit until you go get him. And they went and got him, and God said, that's the one. Anoint him. Yeah, that puny little thing. And the moment that Samuel poured the flat of oil, the horn of oil on him, the Holy Ghost entered David. So when David killed Goliath, the Holy Spirit was in him. Awesome. Good job, Aiden. All right, we're going to close up here in a little bit because y'all got school tomorrow. So Paul is reminding us that God does not judge by external appearance. So in this case, He's not looking at the book to judge it by his cover. He's looking at the heart. Okay, you went somewhere with me. You lost my teaching point. <laughs> uh, you lost me there, buddy. So God does not judge by external appearance. Those men added nothing to my message. Just because you are the high-profile person in the church, Paul said, you don't do anything to this gospel. You're not going to change this gospel. Okay? Y'all see that when he says message? Because that's what gospel means, good message. From the word, you angle us. So he said, look, you're not going to change it. All right? Verse 7, on the contrary, they saw that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentile, just as Peter had been to the Jews. So this is amazing stuff here. Two men, two point men in the gospel of Jesus Christ going to the world. One to the nation of Israel and one to the nations known as the Gentiles. Peter to the nation of Israel. Paul to the Gentile nations. Both men ordained by God and the Lord Jesus Christ for this purpose. But there was, notice, different nation, same gospel. But matter the culture, the gospel must remain the same. Okay? All right, Miss Vicki, you getting sleepy on me? All right. New King James Version side. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me towards the Gentile. What does that mean? Paul said, God who worked in Peter by the Holy Ghost with power, preaching the gospel to the Jews, was the same God and Christ, who worked in me with the power of the Holy Spirit, preaching to the Gentiles. Did y'all get that? Hmm? The gospel message is power 
by the Holy Spirit, it's the same message. It must not be altered. In the 21st century, it must not be altered. It must remain the same. Same for one, same for all. From every generation until Christ returns. Amen? In fact, Isaiah said, the flower of the field fades away, and when the wind blows of it, the place is no more. But the word of God abides forever. And he meant that. All right. We'll go to verse 9 and 10, and then we'll close in prayer. James, Peter, and John... Hmm. Those reputed to the pillar to be pillars gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. It's amazing in the Great Commission that Jesus is telling these. 12 men, because not a new one on board, but really wasn't new because they had been there all along. Matthias, who took the place of Judas, they're on the Sea of Galilee. And Lord Jesus says to them, For all power or all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. me. Go therefore into all the world and make what? Disciples. Disciples. And baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Did he stop there? No. He said, teaching them, teach them to observe all things in which I have what? Taught you. And lo, I am with you, even unto the end of the ages. The word is eons, which means ages or time. Okay? Now, What's so important about that statement that's lining up with this statement? That these Jewish boys, when I'm saying boys, I'm talking about men, not, not taking anything from them. They knew that they could reach other Jews. The Holy Ghost knew that they could reach other Jews. But if you understand how Paul was brought up, Paul was brought up in a predominant Gentile what? Society. He was a Roman what? citizen. He lived in Tarsus. He was not born in Israel. He was born among who? The Gentiles. Are y'all understanding this now? Yes. And therefore it's important that we get this. And when the Holy Spirit sent these men out, they went out. Barnabas was not born in Israel. These men went out and they went to the prospective people as the Lord had chosen for them. And it goes back to the night, at least for the 12, in which they were with the Lord Jesus at the Lord's Supper in John chapter 15 and verse 16. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And did what? And appointed you to do what? To produce fruit. And that your fruits shall remain. He's not messing around. It's a very critical thing, everybody. It's a very critical thing. Very 
critical. And uh, first 10 to the top, Matthew. The Greek word to the top there is mono. Could be translated as only, or it could be translated as one. Greek word on the top left is mono, which is translated in the next columns as only. King James got it right. Only they would that we should remember the poor. So why are we not doing that today? Instead of building million dollar structures, why isn't that money being used to remember the poor? And what do you mean by remember the poor? Get yourself out there and help take care of the poor. Okay? Now, some folk, poor folks we've seen coming here, they don't want what we got. They want the meat, but they don't want that other stuff. It's really weird. I thought if your belly was hungry, you want food. I heard that. So, they say, they desire only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. In 2 Corinthians, we see Paul doing that. It is known as the collection. And the saints, the poor saints back in Jerusalem was having a hard time. Meeting ends meet. And Paul went and he asked the Macedonians or the Corinthians if they would give. And the people who went to Thessalonica also were aware of it. Y'all remember that? Come on. We just went through that book that should be fresh on your minds, especially the last part of it. And he reminded them, fulfill that which they had promised that they were going to do unless the other saints hear about them not keeping their words, especially after he, Paul, had bragged about it. So he's telling this council, he said, look, what you're telling us to do to remember the poor, this is what I was doing already. No, tithe goes to the church. But then they reach and offering, but if you use a portion of that to reach out. Yeah, and help others, yeah. But you go out above and beyond that and you ask people to give for a purpose, not to line the preacher's pocket, but so that you can help people. Okay? Nothing wrong with preachers taking a portion of what come in from the gospel to live off of. Paul, Paul said that. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you keep it in perspective. Okay? No okay. Um, Watch what he's reading during the Bible study. Any questions? Learning anything new? Or you're learning how to take that which you already know and put it in the right 
category, bringing the pieces of the puzzle together. And I seem to think that's more like it because God has already taught you all a lot of stuff over the years. Now we're just seeing how it lines up. Okay? No questions? All right, let's do what we always do. Let's tell people how to come to Jesus. Okay? And then we'll close in prayer. The same night in which the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, prior to going to the Garden of Gethsemane, he answered some important questions of two of his disciples. One name was Thomas, and the other one name was Philip. Thomas said, Lord, how do we know where you're going, and how do we get there? And the Lord Jesus Christ says to Thomas, known as Doubting Thomas, I'm the way, the truth. Come on, be, don't, don't, don't be bashful. Say it out loud. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father except through me. And then the other one had the audacity to say, Show us the Father. And it will be enough for us. He said, Philip, have you been with me this long? Are you saying, show us the Father? He said, from now on, you have seen him and have heard him. Yeah. So two men that asked kind of out of order question, but really stimulated more truth to come from Jesus, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the only way to God the Father. The only way in which we can be saved. And so we're asking people around the world and here in Hot Springs to place their trust in the Son of the living God and His finished work on the cross and His resurrection. Amen. And that is my seven-month-old granddaughter preaching with her grandfather. Yes. When you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Don't you know that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father? Boy, that must have blew them away. Had to be. All right, Chrissy closes in prayer, so we can go home. So much for this day. I thank you for bringing us all together here, Lord, to learn more about you. God, please help us to glorify you in each and everything that we do, Lord. Amen. 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 God be the glory.